Old school. Yes. It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Uh, dear listener, you uh, you have been enjoying uh, uninterrupted weekly podcast, but we've not podcasted for ages. No, it's been a long we time. We tend to stack a few up just in case, um, just so that we have a bit of uh, leeway and we've needed that yes. anyway haven't we we certainly uh, have John how are you how are you feeling I'm alright so yeah my reason for needing the leeway well was first that I went off gallivanting with uh, my other artner my other artner <laughs> this is a new phrase you're trying to make happen <laughs> I'm saying portman no oh yeah is it a portman yo or portman no I'm saying portman no portman no portman no <laughs> to artner anyway my other co-author then <laughs> a co-creator Alex Ian Taffy we, we friend spent- of the show friend of the show and um gender stories podcast yes Do give it excellent podcast we spent two weeks in um near barcelona mm-hmm. going to a, a conference there and writing a workbook on self-care so Amazing. that was really great uh, but then i got back and there been a family bereavement so i've been like in that for the last two weeks really um you know being with my family so yeah this it's just been a lot basically yeah and on a year that was already a lot before that happened so yes <laughs> yes you're doing all right, though. I am doing all right. I'm doing really good today, actually. Yeah. If, um, yeah. Having sort of been with family and getting, giving and getting support, and particularly like really strong relationship with my sisters that's only got stronger. That's mm. felt really important. So yeah. It's um, you know, it's these times can be really hard and also have elements of yeah, sort of joy and surprise in yeah. them as well. Something we've talked about before, and I guess I've felt the bothness of it. So well, there's mm. been you know, there's been a lot of tears and a lot of really tough feelings there's mm. also been a lot of strength together mm. as well in that time mm. Mm. well it's so great to be back with you yeah and to be here in person in brighton yeah so if you hear any seagulls <laughs> yeah there'll definitely be seagulls that's what it is <laughs> so we are recording this on the monday after the election of last the general election in the uk of last thursday and we kind of said that let's do something about how we on the left uh, might be feeling. Mm. Uh, I'm not assuming a politics of everyone listening to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're definitely, uh, if you've listened to any of our stuff before, you'll know that we are definitely um, political and uh, left political. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to talk about this as a bad result for us. Yes. <laughs> Just to be clear. I suppose the fact that people have mentioned that they could play a drinking game along to this podcast for when we mention capitalism, uh, maybe, yes, that has been <laughs> suggested. So perhaps our listeners, you know, our yeah, pals have a, a rough idea of our I politics mean, by this, this point. I mean, I'm, I'm flattered that yeah. anyone is listening to our podcast, one. Yeah. Two, that people are inventing a drinking game is good, but three, that people... <laughs> <laughs> people really need to get that. People really need to get trollied while they listen to us. Is, it, is that what it is? No, no, no. Are people sitting around listening to us and like, oh, I'm God, just going to have another one? Yeah, I'm going to need to drink for this. <laughs> I've also been told people listen to us in the gym, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat. Maybe not a drinking game in the gym. Like that might be not the thing to go for. <laughs> oh my god. So um, yeah, so we're going to talk about it. So yeah. Um, should we start with our feelings about it? Start start yeah. with us, and then we'll kind of talk. So we're going to talk generally about some of the stuff that we kind of want to mm. reflect on with this. Um, mm. I mean, I'm sad. My feelings are sadness. Yeah, uh, and I'm scared mostly for uh, 
the other people in the country that are, and worldwide that I think are going to be affected by um, mm. what appears to be a pretty nasty uh, authoritarian kind of racist government, yes. potentially also transphobic government as well, depending on what yeah. they do about the, the gender format. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm sad, but I'm also hopeful because I'm coming out of it with some capacity. And yeah. so I feel like as someone who um, gives, you know, like a little bit to the to trying to make the world a better place with this podcast and with all the other work I do, that I've got some of that. And mm. so I'm in a place where I can do it. Uh, but I know that for a lot of people in my uh, my my nearest and dearest are really many of them really struggling with it for reasons that we'll talk about in yeah. a bit as well. I'm not going to go into any detail about any of them, but I think there's a general thing of mm. there is like a collective sadness going on, which also kind of I'm really aware of. Yeah. How are things going for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when these things happen, but you when you we've already had like a really big thing in your life, there was yeah. a sense of almost like slightly cushioned from it because of just dealing with this massive grief in mm. this other area partly also feeling it even more though because of being able to you know already being in sadness I suppose so much mm. that being in touch with sadness and crying and things just were feeling an, a very easy thing to mm. go to anyway so actually on the Friday um, I was doing this ritual with my sister around the bereavement anyway so we, we were able to be really in the sadness mm. around you know how yeah get something else we're going to talk about on the podcast really about how a lot of these things are echoing through our families and our communities yeah. um, certainly I have a number of friends who are in very precarious situations particularly around disability mm -hmm. and very yeah. worried that you know they're gonna fall through the gaps you know yeah um, yeah, anyone on universal credit or trying to yeah be the way they're being treated, but also you know, with disability payments and fitness for work tests and all that stuff. It's mm. yeah. So worrying about that, and also people who are you know sort of in any way immigrants, I guess, and mm -hmm. you know yeah. what the situation is going to be around that is really mm -hmm. frightening too. And just generally, I suppose it's just this general sense of for me of this treating people as less valuable or treating mm. certain lives and bodies and labours as if they're less valuable than others, like it all just comes down to this and it feels like that's in a way the, the war between people who think that it is okay to do that, that mm. some people are more valuable than others in some way mm. and people who don't, you know, and and yeah, like a lot of fear around what it means if the people in, with the most power have got that mentality. Yeah. Um, and again, seeing that echoing down, you know, in our interpersonal relationships and communities as well. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of sadness and fear around. I think um, we're not here to give you like our hot political hot take on the election, and I'm certainly more into the and have been more able to be into the politics about yeah. this than you have, um, just because of what's been going on. Well, I was going to say you. that's been so helpful actually, just sitting together today and hearing a bit of your take on it because yeah. you know it's really hard to engage with the news when you're going through really so hard, hard stuff already. Yeah. So you tend to switch off a bit from it, but that means that you're not terribly informed so actually hearing your take on you know this is what is really bad about this but here's some quite complex nuanced understandings of mm. what might happen because of this that isn't necessarily all bad yeah was quite was quite you know definitely i feel a bit better for having, oh, having that's that great. conversation yeah. i'm not i won't go into that in, in mm. great detail because that's not what uh, you know there are other podcasts for that yeah um uh, politics theory other is really good uh, I also really like um, the Navarra media podcast as well mm. um, and uh, if you want something 
funny listen to Trash Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nora was on that the other week with um, Rob Delaney. Yeah. It was very, very funny. Awesome. Uh, there's a good picture of Rob Delaney looking at her lovingly. I've seen and that like... <laughs> picture. Like, wow, yeah, yeah, she's getting some, some strong look. There. And actually follow people like Rob Delaney on Twitter. He's really mm, good. Like, nice like his Twitter feeds are really nice. Anyway, yeah. but, you know, I mean, my main takeaway from it is that we've had 40 years of this. You know, this all mm. started with Margaret Thatcher in 1979 of this yeah. kind of uh, setting people up as individuals, That the idea that we all have to be out for number one yeah. and giving more and more... Um, power and uh, to people with wealth and capital and mm. that we no longer no longer have really great control over those big kind of decisions yeah. neoliberalism yeah it's going to take uh, a lot longer than five weeks of you know campaigning mm. and uh, or an election or two to get that and so i think that i'm really hopeful because we've got this big movement which mm. is you know moving towards that and even though labor lost a lot of votes in this election it was I think it was more, I think it was uh, that I think that we can get a lot of their seats back because mm. this election was mostly about Brexit and the next election won't be. So I yeah. think I'm quite positive, but that's my kind of hot take and that's the hope that I've got. And I kind of stayed up all night watching mm. all the coverage and I kind of did a lot of that work. But I'm not here to try and convince everyone to be hopeful. No, and it's sort of something about the long term and short term and recognising the reality that short term you know, we may even be, yeah, you know, we are even talking about lives. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Yeah. And also that in terms of the sweep of history and longer term, there might be reasons to think that this gets better. Yeah. I mean, um, that's the thing, like yeah. 120,000 people have died because of austerity. There are 14 yeah. million people in poverty. 150 kids, I think, are living in temporary accommodation this mm. Christmas. It's, um, it's, it's grim, mm. unsad. Yeah, also have hope. That's so, why I'm holding yeah. on to both. It's so in the non-binary thinking, which is actually what somebody said they'd love to, love us to do a podcast on. As a result, mm. you know, we were we were like asking on Twitter, what do people think to cover, and that, and that's it. It's the both and, isn't it? It's how, how do we hold both? You know, especially when both is some you know seriously hard feelings and some potentially okay ones. How do you hold both in the same situation? Like like I was saying with my family, is mm. like, you know, is it okay? You know, you can end up feeling a bit guilty for having any kind of positive feeling mm. when something really bad like that is happening. Mm. But actually, I think it is really important to hold the bothness and the complexity, and that that's a that's a hard thing to do. I think so. I think the the, the first thing to mm. the, to really think about is that I mean, that you know, if we're giving people advice about how to respond to the election, yeah. is to feel the feelings. Yes. You know, Jeremy Corbyn himself said there needs to be a time of reflection and. Mm. I think that that means that there needs to be a time of, you know, getting to know our feelings and being curious about our feelings yeah. and being able to sit with them. And can we give ourselves long enough to do that before doing the next part? Yeah. It's like maybe if it's like a feelings, then reflection, then action. Yeah. You know, that feelings part is really vital. Yeah. Um, and it's easy to feel like, oh, I must. Well, again, it goes back to self-care that Alex and I were writing about. It's very mm. easy as activists particularly to go straight to I must act yeah and actually if you don't leave enough time for the feelings then your actions may not be as helpful as they would be um or they might be you know your yeah the stuff you haven't processed might leak out in ways that aren't really helpful to your goal yeah yeah Yeah, I mean our actions and our activism all the different all the different ways that we can do politics need to come from a place of um like uh, the word is praxis isn't it but the, the 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 like the more simple way of saying that is that that how we act and what our what our politics looks like what the doing is of our politics mm. is like it has to come from a really 
thoughtful and evidenced and um, grounded and robust place. Yeah. We can't just all be flailing around. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it yeah. has to be like we have to be careful about you know the things that we might share on Twitter or the the kinds of um, yeah instant reactions and stuff. Because it's tempting, isn't it, to just like put something out there straight away in yeah. a very raw kind of way. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's what. I've got from people talking about writing about vulnerability, you know, because I'm trying to write from more vulnerable places and podcast from vulnerable places sometimes as well. And but it's it's like, have you processed this enough, yeah. you know, to do that? Because otherwise, it may have, it may again, this sort of sense of things leaking out and exploding out and not really being, sort of yeah, grounded enough. Whereas once you've processed something, you know, you can you can get that what's helpful out of it and convey it better I think and as we've talked about in the past and as mm. uh, everyone we always encourage or I always encourage everyone to go to your um, uh, staying with feelings zine mm, is you. that staying with the initial feeling is the the hard thing to do but it's the most useful thing to do and it's always the second feeling the mm. second arrow which is the thing that really does a number on us exactly so <laughs> we have the you know you might feel sad about the election then there may be a wave of guilt of like well it doesn't affect me as badly as other people so I shouldn't yeah. even get to feel sad I should start acting right away yeah. well actually no it is important to stay with the sadness mm -hmm. for you and for everybody else rather than giving yourself a hard time I think also like being able, being able to be angry but not aggressive. You know, mm. there are kind of, sort yeah. of differences between these things, and to be able to sit with one's own anger or yeah. one's own uh, feeling, the feeling of being frightened or scared or sad yeah. or <clears throat> they they when we're, when we're able to sit with those feelings, we're not hurting anyone. Yeah, and I think that's what you know. That's what the Buddhists would say about anger. You know, there's this sort of idea that it's don't feel angry mm. and like no that's not what anyone's saying mm. and I think anger is a really important emotion in these times mm. but you know sitting with it and allowing yourself to feel it enough that it can inform your actions rather than your actions just being the lashing out of that anger yeah. which may hit the wrong people often it does when yeah. you know in fact that's you know maybe some of what we're seeing yeah. exactly played out is that people are being told to be angry at exactly the wrong sets of people yeah. and they're just doing that rather than being able to stay with the anger and reflect on it um, the other piece I was going to say is also about the thing I would add to the feel, staying with feelings scene, which I actually have added into the self-care workbook that Alex and I have done, is the missing pieces around um, overwhelm. Mm, um, yeah. And Sophie at uh, Love on Common has done this great blog post on this, which is the kind of intensity thermometer of emotion, mm -hmm. that if you're in emotions like from four to seven out of ten, mm. then it's great to stay with the feelings. Yeah. If your intensity has gone above seven out of mm. ten, then actually you're in no place to stay with the feelings and trying to stay with the feelings will probably like overly overwhelm or traumatize you. It's kind of you're into that reactive, yeah. you know, traumatized kind of place. When you're in that place, the thing to do is just self-soothe and mm -hmm. bring the level of intensity down. Yeah. So it's all about just being in a calm enough environment, mm -hmm. looking after yourself, grounding your body, yep. maybe doing distracting things, you know, gentle movies. Yep. And I've been doing a lot of this this last few weeks, yeah. like really figuring out what are my gentle, soothing things. And every time I feel like I'm in that overwhelmed place, just doing those, probably till I fall asleep. And then the next day I might be capable of more being in the four to seven range. So this can do the, you know, what's just happened with the election can put a lot of people into that overwhelmed place. And yep. please just don't, don't try and act while you're in there. No. And don't try and force, you know, staying with your feelings or really kind of no. full on kind of, you know, therapeutic stuff while you're in that place. When you're in that place, it's just about all the self-care you can do and bring yourself back down to a manageable level, yep. right?
So it's kind of so it's that difference between not shutting yourself off to feelings yeah. and and trying to kind of um, numb yourself yeah. into not feeling anything, but also knowing so. I guess that's like below the four out of ten, and then yeah. when you're knowing that you're above seven out of ten, just giving yourself a bit of time off. Yeah, I think that's just a great first step with all that staying with feeling stuff. Is where am I on the intensity? And I do re- recommend Love Uncommon's like emotion thermometer. I think it's called. Right. It's one good place where they've mentioned like yeah how to do this work. That sounds really useful. Yeah. And so <clears throat> one of the things that we're kind of finding and that we've been chatting about before the podcast is that. Um, there is like it seems to us there's like a there is like a collective kind of sadness like someone joked on on twitter the other day that this is like uh this is like our diana (laughs) particular generation although that diana was also me as well but there is that kind of um there is a sense of like a collective sadness and and it Mm. just it it means that we get to a level where you know our we our capacity to be able to deal with life yeah. diminishes yeah. And so if you imagine that we're all vessels and we're filling up with water and you know mm-hmm. everything kind of gets near to the top then all of the stuff that was there in our lives before this new uh, the, this collective sadness came in or collective anger or collective being scared came in mm. um, gets more it becomes more and more um, difficult to deal with so mm. those so if we're having difficulties in our relationships or uh if we're finding it a uh, no, difficult relationship with ourselves, mm, those things with are work, yeah. yeah. Those yeah. things are under even more pressure at the moment, and so those things mm. are likely to kind of that we're kind of finding that these become kind of more, um, much more alive, much more absolutely in the in the moment, and easier to tip into overwhelm. Like I definitely, let, I definitely had that recently, where just another thing hit, you know, and it's so easy for one more thing just to be far too much and then often when you're in that overwhelmed place you know the thing the habits that come back in are old habits or not very useful habits for how to deal with it so then you know often having sleepless nights because mm. you're trying to stay up worrying about it and then actually sleeping worse so that doesn't look after so again in those times i guess it's a lot of going back to basic self-care and mm-hmm. trying to bring your back self back to a steadier place before engaging yeah yeah and this also kind of speaks to the other thing which is our ongoing work and the stuff mm. that we always talk about is the that um because we don't know when the next really difficult thing is going to strike you know like a family bereavement or yeah. um any other kind of bereavement or loss or any big you know life event that might happen to mm. us as an individual or to a, a small system of individuals or to a lot of us yeah you know to like hot like half the voters in the UK yes um, then um, we need to be doing the work when those things aren't happening as well yeah. right like we need to be building in as much capacity for ourselves and for the people around us to be able to mm. do all these things when the tide is out and when we have the opportunity to, to yeah. do it because then if we're all at crisis then things are going to be much much worse for us when that's right and when things are calmer it's tempting just to get really busy and to not or you know to not do pretend everything's fine and yeah not do therapy because you're actually things are going okay or or similar kind of um self-care or uh, uh, community care kind of practices and actually we're saying i guess those are the 
really good times to do it because if we can get the stuff in place mm. rhythms and rituals in place and systems and structures of support in place at those times mm. then they can serve you through the hard times which doesn't mean you're not sometimes going to be overwhelmed by it yeah. you know sometimes that's just the most legitimate response in the world yeah. but um hopefully you've got a bit more resources and a bit more cope yeah mm -hmm. you've expanded it's almost like you've expanded that container exactly you've made that big enough that it can hold a crisis yeah yeah and i guess that's kind of all where it very well in retrospect it might not be very yeah. useful to any listeners who are going through this now i guess that it might be a way of just that way of thinking about it might be helpful to yeah. you that um that it's the, it's the the patterns or the, the difficulties that you have before that you maybe you didn't see or maybe underestimated mm. are all now really heightened because everyone's at yeah. much greater capacity and has less capacity to uh, deal with things properly. Um, but also that you know if there is going to be like a big if if big changes are going to happen in your interpersonal lives or for yourself as a result of this that, mm. you, that things are going to settle in a different place yeah. at some point. You know there is going to be hopefully times where you are going to have more capacity again and it might mean that you've moved to a different place but yeah it is temporary well, i was going to say yeah there's something about your relationship with your past past you and future you in here mm. like something can be helpful when when you feel beyond capacity is to remember that future you will have capacity to remember other times when you've lived through something that shook everything up massively yeah and then at some point there was a sense when you felt like oh i do i can actually manage things i have a bit more cope I'm, yeah. fe I'm feeling it today like i could say back to past me from you know the tail end of last week actually yeah. <laughs> you know it turns out on monday you're gonna feel like you've got a bit more maybe you could leave some of these questions you're trying to figure out yeah, till yeah, then because yeah. then yeah. you'll actually be able to cope with them yeah yeah mm -hmm. and if you're younger and haven't experienced like a big mm. kind of election drama like this before not drama but uh, you know a moment like this you could yeah. speak to people who are around for the 1992 election or yeah it's a good for the point. 1993 election you know um and to if you are an activist in politics speak to some of those older activists you know on the day of twitter there was the the hash uh, on the day of the election there was a twitter hashtag of youthquake which was closely followed mm. by old quake as well because there are all these kind of older members yeah in the 70s, 60s and 70s like saying hold on i've been i've been doing derby accent hold on i've been doing this since yeah, and yeah. Um, so you know there, there are those kind of older activists that you could go and talk to as well and ask them about what works yeah. for them and i feel like that's so such an important part of the piece because um you know it does feel like something very intergenerational happening with a lot of this mm. stuff um well, I don't know if it, you'll probably know if it's true, but my sister said there was um, a, a election map of what it would have been mm -hmm. like if everyone over 60 was the only votes that counted or everyone from 18 to 49. And mm -hmm. basically there was a blue, oh, entirely blue map and an entirely red yeah. map. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of intergenerational tension. Yeah in all of this um, about a different way of seeing the world. And again, mm. I think it really coheres around that sense of everyone being equally valued yeah. or a sense that some people have got entitlement to certain things mm -hmm. that others don't have. Um, and yeah, like, the, I, well, I think you've, you've been writing some really good stuff on Bish about how to have conversations across those kinds of divides. Yeah. Um, but what you were just saying kind of made me think as well, like there is, yeah, there's something we can flip it in a more positive way, at least within our own circles of like, we should be having these intergenerational conversations mm -hmm. about how we on the left 
survive these times and what's yeah. happened before. So learning from people who've gone before rather than feeling like every generation has to invent it. Yeah. And also this thing of just not putting it all on young people to bear the burden of trying yeah. to make things better, but recognizing that, you know, there are those of us who are in the middle kind of like us. And then yeah. there are people of the older generation who aren't um, doing these things. I'm trying to keep very measured in yeah. my language here. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's to do with property and, yeah. um, and who owns what and who benefited from anyway. Um, but um, I guess this is the other thing now about, you know, the importance of for those of us with spare capacity to be there for other people at the moment, mm. you know, and that's the, that's the kind of thing that I'm doing at the moment that um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be there for the people who in my, in my life or, or might need a bit of support or might need someone to yeah. a bit of comfort you know and it's how we can be there to to soothe the people and whether we can also make space in our relationships to think about how we can soothe each other Definitely. you know when we're you know we're just doing that at the pub just now but, yes um, big time um, really celebrating our relationship as well i think like yeah that felt really valuable to remember what are the great relationships that we have that are built on very different things consent mm. mutual respect and support and then, you know, making time to really appreciate those relationships at the moment. Yeah. Strikes me as another analogy with bereavement, actually, that might be useful is that circles of grief. Mm. I don't know if you've come across that online, but there's this sense of like when people are grieving, you know, what it's again, concentric circles. We, we love them. Yeah. You know, like the, pers the person who's most impacted is kind of in the middle and then the next layer, then yeah. the next layer. And the thing, you know, this a thing that's been really informing my how my family have been dealing with this is kind of like you don't go in inwards for support you go outwards yeah so if you're struggling you don't put that on the people who are struggling even more yeah you have a sense of you know who's more directly impacted and you go to the slightly less directly impacted for your support and they go outside for theirs and maybe there's something here you know about really recognizing this election is is going to hit and hurt some people it was yeah know, some people are going to die yeah. Some people are going to be really hurt by it, yeah. you know, viscerally. Other people are going to be, you know, very, very upset by it, but it may not impact them nearly as much directly. And could we use that as a concentric circles of thinking about who are the most directly impacted and what we can do to support them, yeah. but also probably who are a bit less directly impacted than us and how can we get support from yeah. those people? And because we're going to, you need to be held if you're going to be supporting others. You can't be doing it like without any support. For exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a therapist needs a therapist to, yeah. you know, to do supervision for them or to give them therapy mm. themselves. You know, the, that we, the, there is that, I really like the idea of concentric circles. Yeah. The answer is not, oh, I'm super privileged. So therefore I'm going to go and burn myself out supporting all these people and get zero support on me. That's, no. that's not helping anybody. Yeah. That's not even helping those people you're helping. No. <laughs> but equally the answer is not like, Oh, you know, just giving, just yeah, giving up yeah. and disengaging when there is a lot that could be done. Because that's the other concentric circles thing that we like as well. It's the that politics happens on several levels. Yeah, life happens on several levels, but politics. So with the post-election, that's very much the outer concentric circle, which affects everything because yeah. it's the outer one. But it is uh, electoral politics, law, government. Um, uh, society you know services and yeah, money media, and society everything. media yeah. that's like the outer circle and that Rider affects culture, yeah. that affects uh, our communities and our interpersonal relationships and our relationship with ourselves as well mm -hmm. but we can also do politics at all those different levels too yeah. so it's the so a, so a good political thing for us to be doing for ourselves is this self-care work yeah. and it's this kind of 
the thing that Audre Lorde talks about, self-care being a political act mm. and given, being able to give ourselves the, um, some of the things that we need in order, in order that we can soothe ourselves and also then be mm. there for, for people in our lives and the movement and yeah. um, broader politics. But also, can we do this in our own personal relationships? The, mm. the, the really hurtful thing about um, what, what we term neoliberalism, this idea that everyone are super this individualizing every yeah. idea that we're all individuals who are kind of entrepreneurs and trying to do better and aspire mm-hmm. is always set on this kind of competitive kind of game of being better than others and accruing yeah. more love than others and accruing better partners or better people than other people in yeah more commas. success yeah. Yeah. yeah which is all bullshit and it's mm. awful and but it's that's you know that kind of the way that that kind of politics has seeped into our interpersonal relationships so is much. really, really difficult. And our relationship with ourselves, yeah, I think yeah. absolutely on those two innermost levels, it hits us most viscerally. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're drawn into comparing ourselves against others mm-hmm. rather than seeing them and us as equally valuable human beings. Yeah. Bell, I'm thinking Bell Hook's all about love here, you know, right. like, like, and it's so hard to do within this culture. It's yeah. so hard not to get drawn into competitiveness and comparing and not being open and vulnerable with people because yeah. what if they see you and you know I th- just see it in all of my like you know yeah the social sphere around me of just how many relationships are really struggling under that kind of burden and people are going into that kind of polarized yeah. me versus you space because that's what the wider culture is encouraging us to do all of the time and yeah the, what we what can we do to like do something different on that yeah. interpersonal level to have much more consensual um, consensual relationships where we can hold each other's sameness and each other's difference you know yeah. again intersectional feminism has the roadmap here <laughs> yeah. we don't need to write a new one because you know you mm. can go to your Audre Lorde and bell hooks and read about exactly this thankfully but it's also about bringing mm. in consent isn't it into yeah. all of our relationships and bringing in the capacity to to uh, to maximise everyone's freedom to choose things, and that's what we need to be able to do in our inter- interpersonal relationships. And yeah. Not just hoarding our love just for you know one person and creating hierarchies in our mm. own lives of the kind of person who deserves the most love, and then you know talking about like, for example, romantic relationships as being yeah the most important love that we've talked about this several times, and we've got a hierarchy. But this is how it relates, right? This, this is, is how, how it relates to wider politics. And we're yeah. not saying that everyone should be um, non-monogamous or engage in polyamory. Not no. at all. We're not here for that whatsoever. But we are saying that you know, is it just simple? Uh, is it as simple as can you spread the love around a bit? Yeah, can exactly. You be there for your mates and your family, and and crucially yourself as yeah. well. You know, we're often encouraged not to see ourselves as a relationship, but. You know, can we have this kind of more, um, a bit more of a, an evening out of that hierarchy in order that we can really nourish and nurture those of us who are in our lives? And and in that way that we're not holding onto and grasping onto a relationship to give us everything. Yeah. Better just to treat people as humans with different needs and wants and try to Precisely. meet each other. And, if, and I, I, you know, something that Alex and I t- return to again and again in this um, self-care workbook, which, you know, we were even... Un- unsure about calling it self-care because that still has that sense of the individual at the heart and it's like Mm. no we need systems and structures to support us in self-care and also in being countercultural. yeah like if it's so clear what the wider culture is politically now and Mm -hmm. how it views people and how it views us if we're going to do something different than just like 
doing that to ourselves and the other people around us, we're going to need systems and structures of support. We can't just do it as neoliberal individuals and, no. oh, right, I'm going to resist this and I'm going to do it differently all by myself. This is just not going to work. That's no. not how people work. We need systems and structures of support. So can we, again, be having that, those conversations with everyone around us to say, how can we do this family differently, this community, this group of friends? What does that look like? And, you know, giving ourselves a break that it's going to be hard under, yeah. under capitalism. It's going to be hard to do it differently. Well, but Well, that's the thing know. about moving to this broader, thinking about the, the community concentric circle. Like out, so mm. we've done, so me is at the centre, uh, not me, but you, but me, <laughs> yeah. me is at the centre. The individual. The yeah. individual. Yeah. Uh, and then interpersonal relationships. And the next one out of that would be community. So yeah. that might be like workplaces or literal streets. Yeah. Um, or um, if you belong to any other communities like... Uh, people talk about lgbt communities or yeah. you know yeah, other communities that might be a football if you're faith community yeah yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah football um team mm-hmm. derby unhelpfully lost the other day where i really needed them to win you know oh, we had a bad down. loss at home yeah, yeah. to millwall oh anyway um but, you know like we so, shouldn't be competing though should we so you well know, at football <laughs> i look at football ideally derby compete <laughs> I don't know, you know I mean, what would cooperative soccer look like yeah. perhaps, they, perhaps Derby are socialists now and yeah. they just you know just enjoy being on the pitch and they're very present with the ball while yeah, Millwall just being present scored, with, yeah. scored. Like you could see it that way come on Dan come on you Rams um, so but you know doing this work at the you know literally in our communities we need to start thinking more about um, mm. the you know the, the uh, successive governments including the Tony Blair and Gordon Brown governments uh, mm. have been um, have wanted to pit working people against working slash poor people yeah. against each other. Yes, as if there are a finite amount of resources, we can only afford so much. So you have to like scrabble around yes. among yourselves while uh, extreme wealth has just increased and increased and increased. And Absolutely, wealth, there's tremendous uh, wealth injustice. So, yeah. but so the. So in order for any kind of left to succeed, there has to be this feeling of like solidarity between people. And, you know, that's where racism comes in as well. Mm. You know, I've got family members who have been, who have learnt that they need to be suspicious of working class people of colour. Yeah. Uh, And actually they're your, them way more your comrades. Yes. Than, than Nigel Farage, for example, you know, know, or a hedge fund manager. It just feels like so much of this is about like, convincing people that the most marginalized groups are the threats that it's immigrants who are the threat that it's trans people who are the threat we just see it again and again and again and pitch pitching different groups of marginalized people against each other um, rather than recognizing that it's these big systems and structures that are at fault and that you know people are gaining a great deal of power and wealth off managing to convince everyone that it's this exactly you know, yeah and you know and if you're really into politics this conversation mm. might be a little bit you know one-on-one but this is the but this is <laughs> this what, is my level but no but, this, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. but i'm just saying that this yeah. is where the crossover with yeah. rela- relationships and mm. gender and sexuality and sex podcast really is like because this is the thing that we're talking about yeah you, you cannot you cannot disentangle it right no yeah exactly. and i'm i wish that more le- more people on the left will be talking about this kind of stuff, but they don't seem to. No, well, this is the and this is the things that people are trying to really address in XR at the moment. It's mm. like, how do we join up? How do we have movements of movements? Because it's the same thing as planetary injustice as well. You know, it's all yeah. of this is coming from the same ideas of some being more valuable than others. Yeah. Um, and 
these systems and structures of oppression that are completely interlinked and we can't like tease one apart and say that's the one we're going to fight we no. have to we have to fight them all exactly so things like joining a union at this level might be really mm. good uh, at the community level or joining mm. xr protests or uh, mm-hmm. things that in, in extinction rebellion protests anything that mm. kind of is make that you feel like a sense of belonging and you feel like you could be a part of something new but also helping to change things at that level yeah like so many people in workplaces are thoroughly miserable mm. like paid poorly paid uh, or, or given such um a precarious contracts and just not treated well enough and yeah. it's like even, even and especially in universities where everyone assumes well absolutely people are so well treated in universities oh my fucking god the recent strikes you know that real and that really helps people yeah. to come together around this and i think important like to think about guilt and shame in this as well that it's easy for it's easy to become you know convinced that you're not doing enough you know mm. because you're not doing all these things but yeah. again part of seeing them as as really completely interwoven is also to see that anything you're doing on any one of these threads is actually part of the bigger yeah. picture. Yeah, big time. And it's useful to think like, where am I? Where's my skill set? Yeah. And what kind of activism do I find fulfilling? Also, where are the risks? You know, like again, that's been something that's happened with Extinction Rebellion. Is thinking, well, who's at risk of being sent to prison if they do this kind of protesting, and who isn't? You know, and let's let you know, let's think about privilege in t- terms of who is protesting. I mean, there's also this other thing mm. of uh, I saw someone on Twitter say say this the other day that you know you get these lefty men involved in politics and mm. getting really involved in, on the outer level. You know, like canvassing and being yeah. deeply involved political parties but when it comes to their interpersonal relationships yes. they're shitbags yeah. you know doing uh sorry it sounds a bit eight that's a neighbor's term actually but um mm. but do they're doing non-consensual shit you yeah. know and the people and they're kind of standing on the shoulders of other people and treating other people like objects in order to advance exactly. their capital or really only engaging with the one the one thread you know so i, de- I definitely remember going along to this kind of lefty group of therapists and just realizing in session one that their understanding of gender was so poor right. that had i stayed engaged i would have had to be doing gender 101 not even like forget trans yeah. you know like just right you know just Christ, feminism 101 depressing. i know exactly so you know there's something about there's something so vital in you know it sounds like maybe i'm saying contradictory things like one of which is you don't have to fight all the battles and the other of which is you have to be aware of all of the battles and how interlinked they are but i think you can hold the bothness of that but it's really important not to be okay this one doesn't affect me so i'm just not going to engage at all i think know? it's a good way of introducing sustainability into mm. our personal lives and into our politics like into into our so doing to do some like little bits at all these levels yes. is better than one person completely rinsing themselves yeah. for a political party and then having nothing yes no, like no exactly. other relationships or no good relationship with themselves or that they rinse themselves and then treat everyone in their lives like shit yeah. and then they can't do any of that work or all the other people in life supporting them to do that rinsing themselves and then they're the only one getting recognized when they write the book about it or whatever yeah know? yeah big, <laughs> big mm-hmm. time so thinking about who's doing the emotional labor around all exactly. this stuff who's doing the caring work. and again you know that goes back to exactly like who gets paid for their labor who gets underpaid for it and who doesn't get paid at all for it so we do need to think yeah. about gender in here as well right, right? and we need yeah. to think about that are there enough men doing caring work and are there enough women doing mm. the the you know the men the work that men are supposed to do in inverted commas Precisely. um so mm. the so all of this is really so everything we talk about on our podcast is really <laughs> political and hopefully you can like see where we're coming from here is that to be able to talk about um our relationships uh 
intrapersonal mm. relationship, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with the people around us, our relationship with the community around us, mm. and our relationships to media and how they all affect our relationships with each other. Those concentric circles go out and they go in. Yeah. Um, that's a huge. That is it. That's that's what. And it's everything. Like, lit- yeah. you know, it's going to make a flippant. Like, if you do these things, you will have better sex. Like, hasn't, hasn't there's a book just come out about like having better sex? in the socialism or something oh really i, I, I was disappointing i wanted to write that book i haven't read it yet but it looks great but like is it is true like yeah. you literally you do all the things we're saying and you have better sex because this is how you're more consensual with people this is how yeah. you're more present with yourself this is how you treat yourself better you're not yeah. going to be making yourself have sex that you don't want like yeah, you, are, you're not just having reproductive sex because yeah. you think that's what it is and the only valuable sex is reproductive this is the roadmap what does foucault say about that <laughs> what, what, always a good question to ask <laughs> Yeah. I uh, know, it was in French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um Yeah. Is that is that us there, Dan? Yeah, we're I gonna think so. I think we're we're about to do another one that isn't linked to this, but we're gonna talk about some of this stuff, aren't we? Yeah, well we thought the other thing that we've both been thinking about a lot is like staying with feelings like hopelessness hopelessness mm. and despair, which can result from this kind of situation and and you know, most of us perhaps have touched in on those kinds of feelings over the last week or so. Mm. So, yeah, um, I think we'll do another linked podcast on that. If you want to have the... Yeah, this was maybe a bit more the thoughts and that one's a bit more the feelings, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Or, no, you know, is it... Or is that a false binary? False binary. We don't like a binary, do we? <laughs> I mean, I do like binaries sometimes. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. we, the lost, the famous lost episode, it's going to go down in Meg John and Justin Folklore. Oh, the one where yes. we talked about endings and I'm like pro endings. And um, yeah. still... Also, weirdly, this is a weird one. We've both... Um, mm independently of each other have been reading Irving Yalom the last couple of days I haven't know, we that's isn't that so strange weird. yes brilliant uh, existential therapist who writes uh, wonderfully mm. about um, everything, uh, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely recommended like that's one of the things that get in because I was like I need something that's soothing enough with this all being you know a shit show yeah and at the same time I want something that kind of is gets me thinking and feeling I didn't yeah. want something that's just a switch your brain off and yeah. uh, your lom is hitting that for me 100% at the moment so I definitely recommend it <laughs> anyway so uh, dear listener we hope that was useful please share this if you did uh, find this useful um, we already have lots of people listening to us every week it's a wonderful thing yeah thank but, you, you know more listeners even better um, and we hope that you find it um, helpful or soothing um, mm. uh, and We'll yeah. be here for you through the next five years. Yeah. <laughs> Continuing with this content about how to have better sex through changing the yeah, systems and structures. Better, better and relationships. Yeah. Better relationship with ourselves. Anyway, yeah. so uh, remember that um, if you did like this uh, free episode, you can also get a paid-for episode with via our Patreon. From just $1 a month, you can uh, get our other podcasts that come out every other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's available at patreon.com forward slash Meg, John and Justin. Uh, you might also like our publications. We've got our book, Enjoy Sex. How and if you want to. Well done. Uh, <laughs> nice. We're getting really slick at this. It's oh. only been out for three years. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, we've also got our zines. Oh, I always get these wrong. <laughs> make, your, make your own relationship user guide, yeah. make your own sex manual, and how to understand yourself through erotic fantasy. 
day or two pounds fifty each. A lot yeah. of people really uh, find those very useful. Available at our website, megjohnandjustin.com, where you can also find uh, blogs for all the episodes that we do, and you can also find all our episodes, yeah, uh, all our free episodes at megjohnandjustin.com. So until next time, bye. Bye.